Hello, and welcome to Telling Stories, the podcast by me, the Old Grey Owl. In these podcasts, I'll be telling stories, reading poems, and reflecting on education, culture, and politics. Most of the material featured on the podcast can be found on my blog at www.grail.blog. September by the Old Grey Owl Hannah had always looked forward to September. Even as a child, the prospect of the new school year with its pristine uniform, books and equipment, promised the chance of a new start when anything was possible. The same feeling still buoyed her now as a teacher, even though the new start always turned sour all too quickly, and she knew that disappointment was never too far away. This year, it fell to her that the promise of a clean page was even more important than usual. As she busied herself with her new pens and stationery and began to lay out her clothes for the first day back the next day, she struggled to hold down her rising feelings of anxiety. Although the return to class was daunting after six weeks away, it did at least mean that she would get out of the house and away from Tom for a time. He needed some time and space, and six weeks cooped up together in a small flat had pushed him towards the edge. She knew it was her fault, and she needed to loosen up a little, but she was sure work would help. Her anxiety was divided equally between Tom and Anthony Gordon. She'd heard the horror stories in the staff room about Anthony's attitude and behaviour, seemingly continually on the verge of furious violent eruptions. He was particularly bad, apparently, with female members of staff. Ever since she had discovered that he was going to be in her year nine class back in July, a seed of worry had lodged itself in her mind. By the time she arrived at the night before the first teaching day of the autumn term, it had grown to the size of a giant redwood. She had managed the two evenings before the first inset days, but now, before the first real day, with children and timetables and teaching lessons and duties, its branches twisted everywhere in her head and she could not get to sleep for worry. Tom hadn't helped. As she twisted and turned in bed, she thought back to earlier in the evening when Tom had lingered at the doorway of her study, fiddling with his watch. Hannah did not look up from her desk. Hannah, come on! We've got to be there in 15 minutes. I've been telling you for the past hour. She glanced up, distracted. What? Oh, sorry, Tom. Listen, I don't think I can come. I've got to finish all of this off. I've still got hours to go. Tom's face was thunderous. 
You are joking, I presume. I can't just show up on my own. Just leave it. You need to get out anyway. It'll be good for you. She shook her head. No, I'm sorry, Tom. I'm worried about tomorrow. You go on your own. You'll have a better time without me. It's just a job, for God's sake. The kids you teach are all no-hopers anyway. Don't make any difference what you do. You're wasting your time. She looked as if he'd slapped her across the face. Tom, I... He cut across her. Is it always going to be like this? Christ, Anna, don't be such a martyr. Have some fun while you still can. She tried again. But, oh, forget it. Don't wait up. He turned and slammed the door. She could still feel the vibration echoing through the flat as she recalled the scene lying in bed, unable to sleep. She reached across for her phone. No messages. 2am. Where was he? Anthony, on the other side of town, could also not get to sleep. He was not used to sleeping in a proper bed with a duvet that covered him, for one thing. And for another, he was excited about going back to school. It was the first time in his life he could remember having new uniform and equipment. Unable to bear it a moment longer, he swung his legs out from underneath the thick covers that were swamping him and went over to his desk. His desk. Another novelty that made him constantly look over at it as if to check that it was still there and someone had not discovered a mistake and had come to take it away. He handled his pencil case and calculator and flicked through his new dictionary trying out some of the new words for size. His finger traced down the edge of the page as he sounded words out one at a time. Stab. Pierce wound with pointed weapon. Stability. Firmly fixed or established. Not easily moved or changed or destroyed. Stamina. Endurance. Staying power. Status. Social position. Rank. Relation to others. He stopped and looked round the room, picking out objects from the deep shadows that cloaked them. Bed, wardrobe, computer, games, posters on the wall. Maybe it would be different this time. Maybe his dad had really changed and they could all stay together in this flat and everything would be all right. Maybe his mum would be proud of him and school would bring home with good news for a change. Maybe... Thirty yellow bugs blossomed cream as 9C opened their exercise books to the first page. Okay, uh, 9, uh, can you put today's date in the title, please? And underline both of those things neatly. 
What's the title, miss? Came a shout from the middle of the room, closely followed by, oh, What day is it today, miss? The date and title are on the whiteboard. Not expecting you to be mind readers, you know. A couple of the sharper kids raised their heads and smiled up at her. A few looked puzzled and looked around, while the silent majority ploughed on, oblivious to the joke that had just sailed over their heads. Anna surveyed the class, judging when to move on. Okay, everyone, let's just get the rules clear from day one. If you all know what's expected, no one will get into trouble and your work will improve. Or oh, that's the intention at any rate. So, rule number one. She clicked the PowerPoint and began to talk through the first rule as it appeared on the scene. The class copied it down in silence. Thirty yellow buds blossomed cream as 9C opened their exercise books to the first page. Okay, Year 9, uh, can you put today's date and the title please and underline both of those things neatly. What's the title, miss? Came a shout from the middle of the room, closely followed by, What date is it today, miss? Date and title are on the whiteboard. Not expecting you to be mind readers, you know. A couple of the sharper kids raised their heads and smiled up at her. A few looked puzzled and looked around, while the silent majority ploughed on, oblivious to the joke that had just sailed over their heads. Anna surveyed the class, judging when to move on. OK, everyone, uh, let's just get the rules clear from day one. If you all know what's expected, no one will get into trouble and your work will improve. Or that's the intention at any rate. So. Rule number one. She clicked the PowerPoint and began to talk through the first rule as it appeared on the screen. The class copied it down in silence. The clock ticked and Anna covered the room, her heels clicking on the hard lino floor. A cloud of concentration gathered above their heads. She already felt the first day of term nerves drain away the minute she'd started to project her voice to this first class. It was the same every year and she laughed at herself inwardly over the time she'd wasted in the last few days worrying about starting the new year. After 20 minutes the task was done and Anna could move on to her first real task. Okay, everyone, pens down, please. Look this way. Now, I, I've never taught this class before, so we don't know each other. The first thing we're going to do is to think about how English and school in general has been for each of us since we started a couple of years ago. And what we'd like to achieve this year and by the time we leave school for good. She was off. Instructions came easily, and the lesson plan, the product of agonised hours, dissolved as instinct took over. A brief explanation and setting up, 
some questions fielded in a five-minute group discussion with feedback to the whole class that's of course the deep breath before launching into it had calm and gone expertly managed and almost before she knew it the writing task had been set up and the entire class were back working individually writing their letters of introduction to her their new teacher Ten minutes in, she stood back and surveyed the room. The concentration was almost painful. She had patrolled the room, reading over shoulders, fielding questions, making suggestions, correcting mistakes, and now she wallowed in the pleasure of watching the class visibly get cleverer in front of her eyes. Where was the performance management observer when you needed them? Or the Ofsted inspector? Miss? She looked in the direction of the question and just controlled her frown in time. Anthony Gordon had his hand up. He'd been surprisingly perfect up to that point. Immaculate uniform, immediately following instructions without question, Responsible participation in the group discussion. It was almost as if he'd been taking the piss. But now the honeymoon was over. He'd done well, but it was too much to expect him to keep this up right to the end of the lesson. She flashed a smile at him as she moved over to his side of the room. Yes, Anthony? she asked. Miss, can you read this to see if it's all right? She hesitated, expecting this to be the first line of an elaborate setup, with her as the butt of the joke. Her eyes flicked round the room. No, there were no suppressed sniggers, no furtive glances, nothing. The whole class had their heads bent to their work, absorbed. She looked back to Anthony, who was waiting patiently. Miss? Sorry, Anthony, just coming. She navigated the tables and reached out to pick up his book. She scanned it quickly, already rehearsing the bland, standard reply of encouragement she would give before moving off, before she stopped, a frown creasing her face. She read again. She looked again at Anthony, who shifted uncomfortably in his seat. His face fell. It's crap, isn't it, miss? He mumbled. And he reached out to grab the book back from her. Anthony's great. It's the best piece of writing you've done. You've got the tone just right. And some of your expression is just beautiful. He looked a little confused. Really, miss, it's all right. You sure? Anthony, it's more than all right. It's excellent. Well done. A smile spread across his face and he seemed to blossom in front of her. How are you going to carry on? I'm not sure, miss. I'm a bit stuck. Well, you need to go on. You know, give some examples of the things you've mentioned. Anecdotes. Maybe you could use a few rhetorical questions in the next section. She bent down over his table placing the exercise book back in place and on a separate sheet of paper began to write. Something like this, 
she said, as she wrote out a few sentences. Have a go, see how you get on. She straightened up. He smiled at her. Thanks, miss, he said, before bending back down towards his book. Anna threaded her way back through the grid of tables to the front of the class and surveyed the group. Perfect humming concentration pulsed in the room. It was all she could do not to laugh out loud. A girl at the front looked up at that moment. What's up, miss? What's funny? You look very happy. Nothing, Kirsty. Let's get back to work, please. Another five minutes. She began to circulate round the tables, looking over shoulders at their writing, scanning the room for issues. She approached Anthony's table and found herself just behind him when the quiet in the room was disturbed by his hissed exclamation. Oh, shit! All heads looked up and searched the room for the culprit and there was the beginnings of a group giggle rolling across the room. Anthony, there's really no need for that kind of language. Huh? Oh, sorry, miss, it just came out. I've messed it all up. He lifted his book half up and grabbed the corner of the page with his right hand. Anna reached out and grabbed the book away from him. No, 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 don't tear the page out, Anthony. You'll ruin all that work. It's already ruined, miss. Look at it. She lowered her voice and softened her tone. It's not ruined, Anthony. You just made a mistake, that's all. I always make mistakes, though, miss. She laughed. So does everyone. Mistakes are nothing to be worried about, Anthony. Just cross it out with a single line and correct it. Then you can carry on and add to what you've already done. But it'll look crap, miss. I don't want crossings out all over it. I always muck it up. I'll tell you a secret, Anthony. Examiners love crossing out. It's a sign of an intelligent student, someone who knows they've got something wrong and who's tried to do something about it. If you ripped out every page you made a mistake on, you'd never, ever finish. He looked puzzled as he tried to process this information. Anna gently laid the book back down on his table. Keeping one hand on it so he couldn't snatch it again, she pointed at the mistake. Look, it's easy. You just draw a single line through what you got wrong, like this. She modelled the crossing out, a red pen neatly scoring through a misspelling. Don't scribble it, that will look messy. Just a single line, then put your correction next to it. See? Anthony's face moved from puzzled through disgruntled and ended in reluctant acceptance. He bent his head back down to his work and the final minutes of the lesson passed in silent concentration. Yeah, it was amazing. He just kept on writing. I was like expecting him to kick off all lesson, but there wasn't a flicker. It's like teaching a different kid, honestly. She paused 
and glanced over at Tom, who was intently scrolling on his phone. Are you even listening to me, Tom? Jesus, you're so rude. You don't take any interest in my work. You could at least pretend. There was a delay as he finished, and then he looked up. I was listening for the first 15 minutes, and then I wasn't. You really don't care, do you? For God's sake, it's just a job. Do you even know what I do? When do you have to listen to me going on about my job? You're so fucking boring these days. You used to be like this, but... He stood up abruptly. Never mind, I'm going out for some peace. Tom! He lunged at her and grabbed her throat, pinning her to the high-backed chair. Shut up! He screamed. Just shut the fuck up! He pushed her back against the chair and stormed out, slamming the door violently behind him. Anna slumped back on her chair, her hand to her neck, stunned. And then the tears came. Anthony crouched at his desk, rigid, his pen gripped tightly above his exercise book. Another shout, another crash of something heavy against the wall, another strangled whimper from his mother. He flinched at each sound, slumping lower towards the desktop, beaten down by every noise. He remained frozen, breath caught in fear, waiting for the noise he knew was coming next. The sound that always signalled respite, a brief passage of calm before the next time. The door duly slammed after a final volley of abuse and as the vibration settled slowly into stillness, his shoulders came down and a weary peace descended on the room. He sat frozen, not daring to go out of his room for fear of what he might find. His ears strained for some sign to cut through the noise of distant traffic and an intermittent gust of wind. And then he heard his mother moving around and the sound of cupboards opening and closing. She was all right, and he could stay where he was, safe and quiet. He looked down at his book, at the sentence he'd stared at for the previous 15 minutes, while mayhem had swirled around in the room outside. In the future, I'd like to work as a professional gamer and have a nice house and family where my mum and dad can come and visit. He thought for a second and was just about to add a last sentence when the door burst open and his mother stared at him, cold-eyed. The bruise round her eye and cheekbone was ripening as she spoke. Anthony, come on, pack up what you need, we've got to leave. She tossed a battered blue Ikea bag onto the floor in front of him. Where? Back to the refuge. Come on, we need to be quick. She went back out to collect her stuff. Anthony automatically began to bundle his clothes and a few books into the bag. He had done it several times before and it barely registered with him. 
thinking he would probably have to do it again sometime in the future. He took a final look round his room, grabbed his exercise book from the desk, stuffed it in the bag and turned out the light. Anna sat in the darkness of her flat, scrolling through the messages on her phone. The dim blue glare sparkled in the tear tracks on her cheeks and softened the red rims and smudged mascara. He wasn't coming back, that much was clear. He wasn't picking up, he'd left no indication where he might be staying. Another woman, obviously, she thought bitterly. Someone who had the dinner on the table and didn't have the audacity to talk about her own life and feelings and worries. When she'd got back from school that Monday, she knew as soon as she'd walked through the door that he'd gone. The gaps on their shelves had confirmed it. He'd come back when she'd been at work, gathered up his stuff and removed it all so no trace was left, without even telling her. She slumped down at the kitchen table and swung her school bag, stuffed with marking, with a heave on top of the table in front of her. It thudded down and spilled the first few books, spreading like a hand of cards. She looked fondly at them, so new, so clean, so full of hope. She had been convinced that this September everything was going to be different. A new start, a new her. She would manage everything and be the woman that she knew she could be, having it all, juggling competing demands, in control. But it only takes one ball to veer slightly off course and a chain reaction starts that, no matter how frantically you try to keep it going, inevitably ends with everything crashing. She wiped her eyes and blew her nose, collecting her resolve to keep on going. Reaching out to the books that had fanned out in front of her, she chose the one that was a little grubbier than the rest. Dog-eared and stained, the name on the front provoked a ghost of a smile. Anthony Gordon. At least he had made a fresh start, if only until the end of the first week. He hadn't been seen since then, and rumours had flown round the staff room about the police and social services being involved. But now his book had magically appeared in her pile. She switched on the side lamp and opened the book, illuminated in a warm yellow cone of light. As she read, Flicking through the pages, her smile froze and then disappeared altogether. He had written three pages, the most he had ever achieved. There were careful crossings out and corrections made, but the pages had all been crossed out, each line like an angry slash, almost penetrating the surface of the paper. The last page hung where it had been partially ripped out. Anthony had scrawled a new title, My Future, complete with a parody of underlining, free app, red and jagged. Underneath, in capital letters, he had scratched simply, I ain't got one.
cold wind moaned outside her kitchen window. She shivered. September was already halfway through and soon October would be here. Winter was coming. If you enjoyed that story, why not try my first novel, Zero Tolerance, a satire about education secondary schools in England. It's available via my blog site, www.growl.blog, where you can find all the links.